Hello, welcome to Prince Track by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about Last December and the reprise of Last December from the Rainbow Children, recorded early to late 2001 at Paisley Park and released on the 16th of October 2001. On the track, you have Prince, John Blackwell, Larry Graham, and Millennia. Uh, the track is 7.58, and I think the reprise is... 38 seconds something like that um you know prince prince had a hidden track on rave and he decided to put another hidden track on here and it was just 38 seconds of this very long song uh joining me to talk about today is erica thompson uh how you doing Erica? hello everyone hi good now um in terms of like a genre uh i mean i'm not 100 percent sure what to say i mean uh, I, I mean i don't know I, I guess it feels a little bit like a purple rain it feels like Prince is going for like a big finale to the album. Um, you know, I mean, it starts out quiet. It kind of builds a little bit. <laughs> like, um, it's not, you know, it's not kind of rock, but it, it isn't like, I mean, it, it feels to me maybe it's it kind of, it's sort of a ballad. Um, it kind of feels like the, certainly the way that Prince is singing kind of feels like it's in that mode. Uh, I don't know. It's a, To me, it feels a little bit harder to classify than most of the rest of this album because I feel like most of the rest of this album is kind of, very clearly like you know funk or jazz whereas this feels a little bit kind of lighter yeah i would almost um categorize it as as pop as a pop ballad and it reminds me of some of his work on diamonds and pearls even the title track diamonds and pearls because that's a ballad too but it has kind of like all of this extra production and last december is the same way and depending on you know what kind of fan you are you either like that extra stuff or you don't for me i like it yeah i feel i like in terms of you know if we can kind of ignore the reprise a little bit because um you know i was tempted to do it as a separate episode but uh you know it's just you know it's just kind of like a tiny piece of the, the song comes back in and that's pretty much it and i'm not even sure why prince did it like it, it doesn't really add that much to the album um, so, you know, let's, let's just stick to as it is on my iTunes, which is the last December is the end of the album. Um, and there's no hidden tracks or anything like that after that. Um, and then in terms of like a final song, um, you know, it feels, it feels like a, you know, a really strong finish to the album. Um, you know, like it's, it's less narrative driven than a lot of the other songs. Um, you know, like essentially the story of, of what's going on with the, you know, like kind of you know, the, the banished ones and the wise one and the muse and all that kind of stuff finishes in the previous song, um, you know, kind of coming off family name and going into everlasting. Now those kind of feel like, you know, the two parts that that kind of conclude the overall narrative. And then Prince kind of just finishes off this kind of final suite of three songs with this kind of ballad. Um, but which, you know, is not less religious <laughs> than, than the rest of the album. It's still fairly religious. You know, we have the kind of in the name of the father, in the name of the son, we need to come together, come together as one. So there is kind of, you know, still a little bit of, of the kind of religious stuff there. But the rest of the, the song feels kind of, um, you know, general enough that it could function as like a normal ballad without the kind of religious overtones. Like, you know, there's this kind of stuff that's in the lyrics that, isn't really about religion it's just about kind of you know more general statements um and so maybe you know i don't know maybe that's why i enjoy it you know as like a final song because it does it does kind of feel like you know it is it is kind of um you know i would say in the realms of maybe uh i would say like temptation or um i'm trying to remember what the final song for love sexy is um but like it kind of it feels like it's more kind of in that mode of like, you know, a kind of, uh, you know, a, a, not like 
I mean, I call it a Purple Rain because obviously it's like eight minutes long and it's the last song, and that's generally that's generally, that's generally what Prince does when he he goes for like a Purple Rain. But I feel yeah, it is kind of almost in the mode of Diamonds and Pearls, um, you know, that kind of ballad, um, you know. But again, it has like a phrase that Prince doesn't want to explain. So he says, "If your last December came, you know, what would you do?" And it's like. What is a last December print? What are you talking about? You've you've instantly lost me within the first line. I don't know. You know, obviously December is the end of the year, so I'm I'm guessing you're talking about being on your deathbed, maybe. Uh, like, but it's just one of those phrases where you hear it and you're like, hold on a second, I need just a tiny bit of explanation. You can't just you can't just throw out the phrase your last December and not expect me to be like, what are you talking about, Prince? Just elaborate just a tiny bit for me. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, he has this kind of like, you know, would you remember anybody, you know, uh, would anyone remember you, you know, did you stand tall or did you fall? Did you give your all? Um, you know, like it, it feels more like a general kind of question of like, you know, what are you doing with your life? And, and, you know, that kind of, and then obviously Prince throws in that, you know, in the name of the father. And the, so, so like he holds back as much as he possibly can before he kind of gets a little bit religious. Um, but yeah, I mean, how do you feel about the song overall in terms of it being like, you know, the end of the album? Like, you know, do you feel like it's a fitting end to this, um, you know, this kind of almost like, I mean, this to me feels like the start of Prince's comeback after, you know, kind of the whole obscurity with being, you know, insisting on calling himself a name that no one could pronounce. You know, he's changed his name back to Prince. And this is the album that he's kind of is the first step towards his kind of, you know, come back into the mainstream you know, how do you feel this kind of fits overall with the album? Yeah, I think this is an excellent close to the album. I mean, the album is kind of, I mean, aside from the storyline, the narrative, um, you know, that he's taking from the Jehovah's Witness doctrine, it is kind of like examining your spirituality and your life. So I think, you know, as you said, kind of reflecting on, okay, how are you living your life? Are you, you know, are you loving people? Are you kind of staying in the middle? Not too good, not too bad. And it's funny with um, December, it's like a theme with Prince, right? Because it reminds me of the same December from, I want to say Chaos and Disorder from the 90s. And it's like, in that song, he says, you know, we all come from the same December and in the end, that's where we'll go. So it is still very ambiguous, but it's kind of like the way I look at both same December and the last December is we all have this in common. We're all born. We're all going to die, you know? So I do look at last December as being like your last moment um, being alive. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because like you said, it's not like if you, if you listen to the verses, it's not overtly spiritual, but I wonder if the chorus is a barrier to some people because like if you think about some other songs on the album like the work where the chorus is just willing to do the work it's general enough where i think people can sing along but i wonder if people have a problem singing in the name of the father and the name of the son so that's where the religion does come in and in case anyone's interested, um, Jehovah's Witnesses, they do believe that Jesus is the Son of God and the key to salvation, but they don't believe Jesus is part of a trinity and they don't worship Jesus. Uh, they elevate God above Jesus, but they still do pray in Jesus' name and they baptize um, their members in Jesus' name, in case anyone was wondering. But like, other than the Course, there's one other line that you can interpret in a religious sense in a religious sense where he says when the truth arrives and in the Bible, like truth is a, is another term for Jesus. So you could take it that way too, but otherwise it's very general, but I just kind of wonder if people have a problem with the course. Yeah. I would say out of all the songs on here, this is kind of like the most like Christian Rocky. 
because I feel like that's the template that like a lot of Christian rock bands followed, which is, you know, the verses are very kind of like general and, you know, do you love this person? Are you happy? And then they get to the chorus and they're like, well, believe in Jesus and you'll be happy. And like, and that seems to be the template like that a lot of Christian rock bands follow. And so like this, this almost, I could, I could picture this being sung in a mega church. Um, you know, like it, it has that feel of like the generalized verses, but then this kind of specifically religious chorus, you know, the point where you're expecting the congregation to kind of join in, um, you know. So I think I think that's kind of interesting that this is the one song that kind of like you say, it is almost the inverse of the work where, you know, if you could if you could kind of like take the chorus of the work and put it into this, the whole song would lose kind of all religious kind of aspects and it would just be a more general song. Um, and uh, like the work does feel like one knows where, you know, the chorus would really you'd expect it to be more religious, um, you know, given the subject it's covering. So, um, yeah, you know, like, again, I mean, I think the thing is as well, this that like the kind of the verses feel very kind of, you know, general, like the whole, you know, did you love somebody but got no love in return? Uh, you know, do you understand the real meaning of love? Um, that it is just is and never yearns like like so prince is saying you know if there's someone you have a crush on and they don't return it just ignore it you know that's that's not what love is you know um so it's interesting that he take but yeah like you say when the truth arrives like that could i mean that could mean something you know non-religious but you know in in this context it obviously feels like it is prince um, you know, kind of directly, uh, you know, addressing it as religion. And, you know, this does remind me a little bit of the cross as well, which does kind of have, you know, like it starts out with kind of a more general, you know, black day, stormy night, and then it just turns into, you know, the cross. <laughs> like, like it starts off kind of being a bit general. It's only once it gets to the choruses, you know, where Prince starts talking about he is coming and like, you know, like it, that's when it kind of turns, kind of becomes more religious. Um, and obviously when Prince performed the cross as a Jehovah's Witness, he changed it to the Christ anyway. So um, as as, you know, crosses and crucifixes are not part of the Jehovah's Witness uh, religion. So but yeah, so it is interesting that like you have this build that kind of builds up to the, you know, in the name of the father, in the name of the son, um, you know, which I, I guess would. Yeah, I mean, you know, it would be the point where if I was playing this to someone who was a non Prince fan, you know, I probably wouldn't start singing along to the chorus. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, you know, it's it's a good song, but you know, I'm I'm not really I'm not really someone who is that religious. I'm not going to be singing about you know the name of the father and the name of the son, um, you know. But then again, you know, I sing along to the cross all the time, and that's you know kind of just as religious as this song, I would say, if not a little bit more religious. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I feel like uh, you know it's uh, like kind of the you know the religious element of the album you know, had been kind of expressed enough in most of the songs that I feel maybe at this point Prince is like, you know, maybe I can back off just a little bit for the verses. <laughs> like, maybe I can just be a little bit less religious in this final song. But, you know, this is a really good, like, final song for the album. Um, you know, it was released as a promo single in late 2001, um, uh, but apparently it was only a success in Japan. So I'm not sure why this spoke to the people of Japan, but apparently it did. Um, and it got to number one on their charts over there. So I guess if you're a Japanese person, this is probably the one song that you really know from this album. Um, but yeah, so, you know, as it was, I mean, you know, the, like because of the, the way that the album was released, you know, we had the work released as like a single through Napster. Um, and there were a couple of other songs that were released, um, you know, as promo singles, but there, there wasn't really you know, a push for singles from this album. Um, and I don't, you know, I also don't feel like, like there were many songs on this album that would kind of chart in mainstream charts. Like, 
you know, like, I mean, I guess maybe She Loves Me For Me is kind of broad enough that it could chart, but, you know, it doesn't feel like there's anything really kind of chart friendly on this album. Um, you know, it's very much it's very much an album that you need to listen to as an album, um, you know, and, you know, this is this is I feel this is like a, a fitting finish to the album. Like, you know, the narrative had kind of finished in the previous song, like I said, and so you, you kind of get this one final song um, that is kind of almost Prince rallying people and, you know, kind of, you know, getting them to sing along and just to finish the album out. Um, and then, of course, you know, bringing it back for a final 38 seconds for no reason. Um but yeah, so I mean, for me, I would say that this is, you know, this is a four out of five. Um, you know, I think the only thing that holds me back a little bit on giving it a five out of five probably would be the length. Like, you know, I enjoy a good long Prince song. Um, but, you know, this is, you know, if you're going to be if you're going to be eight minutes long, then you need to be on the same standard as Purple Rain. And, you know, I don't think this is on the same standard as Purple Rain. <laughs> so uh, that's why I'd say it's probably only a four out of five for me. But still, you know, it's an enjoyable song. And it's, it's a really strong finish to, you know, an album that, you know, I really enjoyed listening to. And when it came out, I remember buying it and, you know, being baffled by the slowed down voices and the kind of stuff about, you know, the Akashic records and all that kind of stuff. But, it, you know, overall, the album kind of made me, you know, it kind of reaffirmed me as a Prince fan because I was like, this is, you know, this is a strong direction for Prince to be taken. And this is a really good way to end this album. Yeah, I think, you know, kind of going back to what I said earlier about what kind of Prince fan you are. Um, so the the length doesn't bother me and the development of the song, but I can definitely see how it would bother others. And I don't, no, I don't put it on the same standard as the Purple Rain. But like, I like when Prince goes into these quirky musical sections. So it like the song starts off like very simple with his, you know, falsetto and the ver nice verses and the nice chorus and then it just keeps building all of these layers of music and John Blackwell's drumming is just insane on this song but like I, I especially love at four minutes and 30 seconds the song kind of takes on this Middle Eastern vibe like when I listen to it I just like picture the Nile River <laughs> but I love that section and then like it just builds with his guitars and it just it just goes to these places that you don't expect. And I, I like when Prince does that. So it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all. And then, of course, it kind of goes back to the verse and the chorus. And what I really love about the song is the end, which is like a really short section where he and his background singers are like a cappella and it's these beautiful harmonies in this beautiful section. And it's kind of frustrating because I wish Prince would have extended that. Like, I hate when he does that, when he like starts this musical idea but he doesn't finish it and I was recently talking to a friend about the sacrifice of Victor and how at the end of that song he has that beautiful amen line and it's like I want I want more <laughs> of that like do more of that like I want to hear it so it's just it's just like he just cuts it off and it, it annoys me but the reprise as we were talking about like I don't understand the point of that of going through all these hidden tracks and then having you repeat one, 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 like it's just, it's annoying <laughs> to me. But um, other than that, I would give this song a five out of five still. <laughs> and I'm probably biased because the, the music is just so great for me. And I, I just love that unexpected musical development throughout the song. Yeah, I do love that acapella thing. And I do wish it was a little bit longer, um, which is kind of, yeah, I mean, I would say that like, I mean, I don't think it's similar to Sacrifice of Victor because I think Sacrifice of Victor kind of goes a few more different places than this song does. Um, but that is, that is again, like another kind of like final song. 
uh, that is like a really strong finish to an album. Um, you know, something that I think, you know, when Prince does it right, I think, he, you know, he can always get like a final, tr like if even if an album is terrible and he manages to get the final song just right, then it kind of redeems the album a little bit. Um, you know, and, but then there's times when he decides he's going to do New Power Generation Part 2 and you're like, I don't know what's happened here. Um, something's clearly gone wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Prince obviously, with a lot of the other songs off this album, you know, he performed it through 2002. Uh, you know, funnily enough, the final performance was on the 28th of November in Japan that year. So, <laughs> so you know, maybe he was performing it in Japan because he knew it was out as a single at that particular time. Maybe that's what helped it get to number one. Um, you know, so, but then... Uh, you know, as with a lot of tracks from around this time, he, he didn't perform it ever again. Um, you know, which I, you know, at this point, Prince has got like, I don't know, almost 350 songs in his back catalogue. So I feel like he's got to make choices. Um, and I guess, it, I mean, I could kind of understand that, you know, performing songs off Rainbow Children would be a little bit difficult because without the kind of narrative or without it being part of, you know, a, a broader kind of thing about Rainbow Children individual songs probably would be a little bit odd. Uh, and I feel like Last December is one of those songs that if you're going to perform it, you need to perform it as like the final song of the of the night. Like it needs to be a finisher. And you can't really do that like in the middle of a set or something. You can't, you can't just suddenly go to Last December, um, you know, and expect people to be like stay around after that. It kind of feels like it's one of those songs where you'd have people singing along and, you know, as the music drops out. So, you know, I can kind of understand why Prince, you know, sort of stopped kind of performing it after that point. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, it's it's. I think this album for me, you know, uh, I remember being, and I'm sure people were tired of me saying this, very disappointed in Rave. You know, it was like I had been a Prince fan for most of the 90s, so I'd kind of anticipated albums, but Rave had such a big kind of build-up in terms of the promotion that took place through most of 1999. <laughs> so by the time it arrived, it felt like a, you know, a huge letdown. Um, but then, you know, the fact that Prince didn't release an album in 2000, which, you know, was the first time since, uh, I think, 1983 that he hadn't released an album in a year. Um, so that was unusual. So as a fan, I, I remember at the time thinking, where is my Prince album? You know, the year is 2000. We do another album. So the kind of two year break, I think, really helped kind of re kind of recharge his batteries and kind of get him more excited about music again, because most of rave it felt like he was kind of bored with what he was putting out and you know this is like you know the fact that this is like such a kind of uplifting closer to the album it does feel like prince has kind of found you know a new groove and he's like okay you know he, he's got a clear direction of what he wants to do um you know which was something that i felt was completely missing from rave it's you know, such a kind of aimless album it doesn't really feel like there's any kind of you know specific message um and it's not like prince would do kind of um you know concept albums all the time like i think the last one before this was symbol and i don't think there's anything else that you could call after this uh, you know you could say is like a you know um you know a concept album i guess musicology has kind of a loose kind of theme going through it but you know it's very hard you know this is kind of really his only proper fully realized concept album um, and I think, you know, it, it really helps kind of sell the whole thing because he has such a clear direction. Every single song just feels like it is going towards a point. Um, and that's something that, you know, had been missing probably for a few years before this, um, you know, which is understandable because, you know, if you look at any emancipation, it's hard to kind of sustain something over 36 tracks in a clear direction. Um, so, you know, it's nice that he decided to make slightly shorter albums with a, more of a focus, um, you know, and obviously John Blackwell will be on, you know, the next few albums 
Um, and obviously would kind of be on tour with Prince in and out for like the next decade. So, and I feel like, you know, Larry Graham, as well as having a spiritual influence, I feel like having someone that Prince obviously admired in the band also kind of gave it a slightly different direction, you know, like, um, you know, something that kind of, I think Prince had had with a few other people in the 80s where he'd worked with people that he admired. But here you can kind of feel that Larry Graham, you know, is maybe one of those people that Prince would kind of, you know, look up to. Um, you know, I feel like Prince very rarely outside of himself would consider anyone else like on his level. So it's kind of nice here that you've got at least like, you know, John Blackwell and Larry Graham feel like two people who are on the same level as Prince. And that kind of makes the album kind of really um, kind of cohere. Um, you know, so and then Prince goes in a completely different direction next time. He, <laughs> he, even though he'd got this really good band together, he just decided I'll just do an album of me at the piano. Um, so you know, it's going to be a couple of years before you like you kind of get that band back together. Um, but you know, I think for the next kind of decade, you know, they're a really good influence on Prince, and they kind of they really add to what he'd been doing. You know, like. In the 80s, he clearly showed he could do, like, you know, crossover rock quite easily. You know, um, in the 90s, he attempted to kind of do rap and stuff like that, and maybe with varying levels of success. Uh, but I think, you know, in the 90s, he really... Like, if you look at the albums that he put out, so many different directions that he went in. And, you know, he, I would say he was successful roughly 90% of the time. Um, so here, it's nice to see him taking yet another different direction, but also almost being str so strongly guided by John Blackwell and Larry Graham in a way that I don't think members of his previous bands had been able to do. You know, like they were there to do what Prince wanted here. It feels like they're having a, a kind of influence over the direction things are taking. Um, so, but, you know, I think that's maybe one of the reasons why I enjoyed Rainbow Children so much when it came out uh, was, you know, the combination of the disappointment of Rave, but then also this, this new influence that was being put on him. And, and you could really hear it in the music. Like you can really hear Prince upping his game to kind of try and stay at the same level as John Blackwell and Larry Graham um you know and you know th this is this is kind of the return of Prince you know for most fans I feel like when he changed his name he kind of alienated you know a, a fair number of them <laughs> I feel like it was hard to be a Prince fan from roughly 92 to 99 because you had to spend all your time explaining you know what the symbol was all about um and I think here this is Prince kind of you know, making a step towards, um, you know, his fans and kind of trying to broaden his fan base just a little bit. You know, he'd he'd successfully managed to dwindle his fan base down to just a hardcore fan base. And now it feels like he's making steps back towards the mainstream. Obviously, it would take a few more years before he really found success in that. Um, and I feel like from 2004 on, you know, he became an elder statesman and people kind of you know, regardless of what they felt about him at the time, you know, with any particular album, it feels like his place in music was kind of assured at that point. Um, but, you know, he's still kind of finding his way back to there. And I think, you know, the next couple of albums are quite interesting because it kind of is the stuff that is less heard, you know, like I think even amongst Prince fans, they probably would struggle to kind of tell you what the next two albums are about. Um, you know, so it, it's kind of be it's going to be interesting kind of getting into those albums. Um, so but I would say, you know, we've said about as much as we possibly can about Rainbow Children and Less December. Um, so let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, Erica? Yeah, um, please follow me at a purple day in December dot com where I talk about Prince's spiritual journey. And then also I am on Instagram and Twitter at Miss M-I-S-S underscore E Thompson, E-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us, not sure where you would, at Prince by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Erica. Peace, y'all. Stay funky. And otherwise, goodbye.